Good evening, Wanderers, and welcome to the 117th episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Thanks for hanging around. Had a few technical difficulties before we could get started, but uh, we are ready to go now. Tonight on the show, we're going to dig into a, a new EP from Rise Against, and we're also going to check out some new singles from some bands, and then we're going to talk about some songs from bands we don't like, but songs we do like. And finally, we're going to finish off with a discussion of Sandman number 10. That show starts in uh, less than two months now. So uh, we're, we really digged in here for the last, I don't know, month and a half trying to get ready for that. So hopefully you've read Sandman or you're following along and you can find out what's going on in that, uh, well, in issue 10 tonight. If you like what you hear and see tonight, subscribe and leave a comment. Feel free to share with your friends. Joining me tonight is without his theme song metalhead do you do you want your theme song metalhead it doesn't matter to me man i'm just trying to make stuff work here all right well he's making things work so (laughs) so here's the theme song let's go metalhead monday that'll write the ship all right see look how much better now look at that Trying to get me centered up here. There we go. That's Looks good. Better. All right. That way, um, our tens of tens of viewers will uh, straight on. So that's great. Gotta love technology. <laughs> well, it's not like you got a new computer. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, you'll figure it out when you guys can sit down and not be rushed by a time frame. Yeah. Get ready for a show. So. Um, some, you know, it's just a weird time right now. There's not a lot of new full albums coming out that we're really digging, but uh, there have been some singles yeah. that have been released and a couple of EPs. So that's the route there's we're some, going. Yeah, I feel like there's some albums coming up, but <clears throat> yeah, not a ton right now. Yeah, and I just learned today when I was listening um, to uh, Pucciato again that his album comes out July 1st. The okay. Full album. So... I almost thought, hey, let's not do that tonight. Let's just do the album. But I think on July 10th, we've got something really big coming up. So, Yeah. For sure. We but, do. Um, I guess before we get into the albums for tonight, we have a, a challenge, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like we had done something like this before, but maybe not. I don't know. But basically, it's just songs you like from bands you don't and i didn't i didn't really put a number on it so come up with you know whatever we wanted i think i I have i have three but i only really came up with two yeah that's fine i I just typically if i don't like a band i like band so yeah it was not an easy challenge really when i started thinking about it right um well i'll start because it's your challenge and that's the way things work around here and I picked a, an artist that I detest and a band that I respect but don't like. Artist that you detest. Okay. Anywho. So my first one is the band that I respect but I don't really like, and it's the Beatles. Okay. Um, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I understand their place in history and and their mark that they made on music and I respect everything that they did, but I will never sit down and be like, man, I just want to listen to some Beatles today. Never, ever enters my mind. However, I do love the song while my guitar gently weeps. And I like the, you know, all of the versions that have followed that people have done. I think they've done a fantastic job with it. And I think that's also the mark of a great song that so many different people can do it and make it sound really good. Um, that was written by George Harrison. I don't think at the time it was like a, a huge Beatles hit by any means, but um, it's the one song that it, for me really resonates with the Beatles. And I could listen, like if it would come on, I would listen to it. If any other Beatles song comes on, I probably wouldn't sit around to listen to it. Yeah. They're real hit or miss for me. That's another one. Like, uh, I mean, my dad loved them. He was seemed to be 
seem to me to be uh, much more of a McCartney fan Mm -hmm. than anyone else. Uh, Because I know, I mean, I grew up listening to Wings and McCartney solo stuff and all that. So I gravitate more to that than I really do the Beatles. But like same, you know, Beatles are the Beatles. They'll always be the Beatles. They're, you know, revolutionary and all of that. So I get the place, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan. So, yeah. But, and and, like, but that song, like you're talking about, is the, that's one of the good ones, <laughs> one of the great ones. Yeah, it really is. You know, and I like Lennon. You know, Imagine is fantastic. That's not a Beatles song. So, um, yeah, he's one of those guys where, like, I don't, I've never been super in love with you know, like his legend and all of that. And it's just like, I mean, anytime you hear anything about him, it seems like he was a jerk. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little arrogant and pretentious. Yeah. Like I don't know. You know, what would have been interesting though, is to see over the course of a long career, what he would have done if he hadn't been oh. down so early. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Somebody like a Dylan or somebody who could yep. just continue to create. Well, Hendrix. I think Dylan's last one came out when he was 81. You know, yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot of artists like that. You're right. Yeah, Hendrix is one that I always think about when that discussion comes up. I mean, yeah, or what he, direction the Doors would have gone? Yeah, yeah. Well, not so much. I love the Doors, so <laughs> I'll stand by I, that I, statement. <laughs> I enjoy them as well, but yeah. I don't. They're not like one of my favorites. I enjoy uh, Morrison as a poet, as a writer, and it would have been interesting to see where he would have meandered. Um, had he not died and my guess is he was crashing and burning regardless so it's probably a non-point at at this stage what do i have here oh dylan thanks foggy (laughs) i bet i know who that is (laughs) i don't see where here on my phone i don't see your comments i don't know how to get to them oh (laughs) wait yeah, for those of you at home, uh, Mr. Mundy is working on his phone tonight. He's having some technical issues. So uh, he yeah. scrambled around, but we came up with a plan to get us on tonight. Okay. Well, to see that, I have to like go to a different window. So if I'm looking at the comments, I can't see us. So. I will. I'll just, can you see him if I post you? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll just do that so you'll know they're there. All right. So what do you got? What are you bringing to the table? <clears throat> okay. So my first one is somebody I definitely don't love. Uh, I remember when he hit huge and just skyrocketed and like it was insane. Seemed like an overnight. I'm sure he was working his butt off for a long time, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like a, was probably a a 10 year overnight sensation, Mm -hmm. but uh, it it did seem like overnight he was everywhere. And that is Garth Brooks. Mm. Uh, and the song "The Thunder Rolls," oh. and that's it's definitely one of his bigger hits. And I don't go too deep on his stuff, but I just I just always like that song. Um, the music is really good. It's I don't feel like that one is like super sappy pop country. Like I mean, it is, but I don't feel like it's too terribly in you know into that territory but and the 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 song is a it's a good story song you know about the the guy uh is the guy right the guy's cheating yeah in that one um so yeah it's it's a good song and i'm Mm. definitely not a huge garth brooks fan (laughs) me neither so country in general i just i struggle so you want me to do a second one since you've only got two yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. So this one I think is just kind of funny because I absolutely despise the song. Um, oh, my God. The title. Ooh, you despise the song or the man? Uh, no, this song. The the. Um, oh, my gosh. Wow. House of the Rising Sun. That's oh, what I'm yeah. to <laughs> the animals. I hate that song. You I love absolutely it. hate that song. So, um, but the animals, they have a song that I actually enjoy quite a lot. 
uh, don't let me be misunderstood. So, and that, that again, that's another one that's been covered. I mean, Mm -hmm. many, many, many times. So that's uh, one of those like mid sixties, you know, pop rock songs that I, I've always enjoyed. I like the, the lyrics and the sentiment and the, the melody and all that. And I, it, it doesn't make me forgive them for House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> that is such a good song, too. I hate that. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's, I would rather listen to <laughs> however long that song is. I'd rather listen to Nails on a Chalkboard for that long. That's brutal. Ugh, we it. will agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, interesting choice. All right. My number two is Kanye because <laughs> I am not a Kanye fan as a person the arrogance just it's like sweat oozing from his pores yeah. just guy hate it um and then when he said he didn't want an autograph from no book all right that just sealed the deal for me but anyway I do I can't help but like gold digger <laughs> what an amazing song got a great beat and Jamie yeah. Fox was on that and uh, that is yeah. just a great song I would never turn that off if it came on so Kanye's got at least a little respect. He lost most of it with Bound Two, but uh, he, re- <laughs> he redeems with Gold Digger. I don't Bound Two is almost worth it just for the Seth Rogen, James Franco thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, those um, are the only two I came up with. I generally just like people or like groups, or I don't, you know. So. I don't know. It was tough for me to find it. I'll probably, after the show is over, I'll probably come up with a third one. Like, oh, why didn't I say that? Is that me? Do you hear the crackle? I don't hear a crackle, but it might be it <laughs> might be the microphone crackle. in your headphones in your beard. Yeah, that's what I know. I'm trying to... Let me try. <laughs> Loosen it up a little bit so it's not so tight under my neck there. All right. Uh, so my last one uh, is the the mighty mighty bad Nickelback. Oh, you found something you liked, huh? They have one song that I really like. Is it photographed? It, it <laughs> is not photographed. It is not photographed. Um, so uh, I can't remember the name of the album. It's the album that has like the silver tear. I don't remember what that one's called. Me neither. But uh, the first song on that album is called Never Again. And I really, really like it. It's got like a driving bass line, real solid riff. Um, and I mean, Chad Kroger's Chad Kroger. He's always going to sound like Chad Kroger. But uh, <laughs> the, the lyrics are really great. It's another story song. Um, and it basically deals with um, a a mom uh, being abused, physically abused, uh, but from the her son's perspective. So it's like it's all about her being abused, but it's like him being in this house and seeing everything. And uh, it's just really great. The lyrics are, I mean, I mean they're horrible but they're it's great and it it kind of goes through all this you know like her beating up or getting beat up and uh you know being put in the hospital but then like the her i i think it is supposed to be his dad i don't remember if they say that specifically but uh you know him like turning on the charm and they get back together and then it just happens again and again um, until one night she just like like unloads a revolver into his chest and that's it, never again it will will never happen again so it's uh it, it's just it's a good song it's real solid and i mean nickelback but it's i like it <laughs> well you like it you like it there's nothing you can do about it are you sure it wasn't photographed no okay just checking just checking it's not Look at this photograph. What just happened? <laughs> I said the photograph, the video where he's got the photograph. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, see, I never even got that far. I, I never even yeah, pulled out an album on, to dude. listen. So how do you how do you know, know what to even... hate if you've never heard it? <laughs> I've heard enough on play, radio play, or on MTV because they play music all the time. Back in the day. All right. Well, that was a great challenge. Uh, we are not going to have a challenge next week because we won't be here. Yep. But on the 10th, we're not going to have a challenge because hopefully we'll be having a guest and we'll be uh, sending some uh, previews out of our July 10th episode, which should be really exciting. So stay tuned yeah. for that. Look for all of our socials to be putting out some good information on that. Should be really Look exciting. That. Me too. So let's get into new music. So we did have, actually, we had about the extent of an album between all the songs we did today, but yeah. we had an EP to start off with called the Nowhere Generation 2 from Rise Against. Mm -hmm. And there were five songs on this one or yep. six. Yeah, five, five. songs. Five songs on this one. Um, Mundy, I'm going to get your take first. What do you think? Well, let me start by saying I am a Rise Against fan. Um, I don't know if I can probably move that. So I have, I can't figure it out, but I have you got right there. what is a Rise Against tattoo. It kind of uses some of their imagery. Like one of their things is they have like the heart uh, or a hand fist like going up into a heart. It kind of uses that imagery, and I have actual lyrics from the song um, "Swinging" or I'm sorry, "Swing Life Away." Mm -hmm. um, it says, "If love is a labor, I'll slave till the end." And then I have my kids' birthdays in it and all that. So, I'm a Rise Against fan. I've seen them once, uh, which was not great, just because of the conditions. It was. Um, uh, Fallout Boy was doing a basically like a baseball stadium tour, and uh, the boys at that time like they like Fallout Boy. I, I mean, I'm Fallout Boy's okay. They have a lot of songs I like, but um, but they were in Chicago, Wrigley Field, and they were kind of like everywhere they were going, they were doing like uh, local openers. So they had Rise Against with them because they're Chicago band, uh, which I mean, Fall Out Boy is too, but they're uh, Rise Against another Chicago band. So they played with them. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll go to that. You know, take the boys to see Fall Out Boy and I'll see Rise Against. The opener was the one and only MGK. So that was god awful. Still god awful. But, uh, yeah. So, but anyway. I like Rise Against. Um, I I did not love this EP. I did not. Mm -mm. Um, I will say the bass lines in pretty much all the songs, super solid. Great bass lines. Um, uh, the last song, Holding Patterns, probably my favorite on here. Um but I really like my my like peak rise against is from about 2004 to 2008. Hmm. They've got like uh, three albums. I think there was a reissue of an earlier album in there somewhere too. But 2004 was when I found them, um, and it's uh, the album Siren Song of the Counterculture, and that is my absolute favorite Rise Against album. Mm -hmm. That's the one I go back to the most. And the first song, State of the Union, I had never heard of them. I saw it, looked cool. I bought it, put it in. First song, I was hooked instantly. So I still like them. I don't think this EP is terrible, but it's not, it, it feels like Rise Against Light <laughs> to me. I don't, I don't know if they're just like losing their edge or what that is, but I don't know. It feels like maybe they're getting older and slowing down or something. I don't know, but it feels like rise against light. Okay. How about well, you? We are on the same page. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, 
So the song you just mentioned from before, the swinging. So that was a lighter song, a breezier song, but the music completely fit mm-hmm. the song. Uh, yeah. Their older, harder songs were a little bit had more of an edge. Yep. All of these were kind of the same. They yes, they were all very catchy. Much so. Yeah. There was nothing. They're really innocuous. They just simple little songs. They all were the same. And my point at the, you know, I got to the end of this. I was thinking to myself, okay, so what am I going to say about this? The the thing I want to say about it is probably the worst thing you could say about a record like this is that it's nice. Because yeah. it, didn't, it didn't challenge you in any way. Some of the lyrics were supposed to be poignant. Um, it, it's, uh, see, this time it's personal, talking about the bombs, you know. Hey, you know, you're bombing everybody. Your flags all look the same to me. Making this kind of political statement. But the music was all just like kind of like up high and had great beats and rhythms and all that, but just yeah. never went anywhere. It never dug in. It just really felt yeah. nice. They and, had, I felt like there was more than one song uh, that like they kind of started off slow and then kicked into like mm-hmm. kind of a mid tempo punky groove, but like it's like there's no real teeth to it. It's pop punk that is leaning way more pop. Yeah. You know, and I think when you were listening to it and I had listened to it, you texted me and you said, I want to listen to old rice against. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, it's making me want to listen to my chemical romance because it sounded like, especially uh, last man standing where you Mm -hmm. you kind of go slow. And then all of a sudden, like the chorus just hits and you have these big vocals and all that. It just really sounded like, they were almost like an MCR ripoff band, and we know they're not, but that was right. just kind of the feeling that I got, which was really strange. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with that. Like, it really did when I that's what happens. Like, when I listen to something like this that is brand new from a band that I like and I know can kick ass, this does not kick ass. I want to go back and listen to the kick ass mm-hmm. stuff that I love. <laughs> So I did. I went back and I listened to Siren Song and all of that. So it's yeah, it you know, it's it's not terrible, like it's not offensive, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not yeah. great. And it but it could have been. Yeah. A lot of the the themes of these songs are about how bleak the world is. You know, I mean, you're talking about everything that's going wrong. It just seems like there's gotta be some anger there, right? Some uh, you're upset about this. Why are we not feeling it through the music? It all just seemed too light. Like you could be singing about yeah. hanging out with your friends on a Saturday night, not talking about dropping bombs on people. Um, so for me, the music did not really fit the lyrics and it's just too light. Yeah. Um, uh, knowing and I'm getting huge crackle in my beard tonight. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> um, so, like, looking at the titles, you know, I, like, you see a title like Last Man Standing. This time it's personal pain management. Like, you know, that might suggest, you know, a little edge, a little like, hey, we're pissed about this or something. But the last song, Holding Patterns, which is my favorite song on this EP, that title is woof. Like that's kind of where they're at, I think. Mm-hmm. A yeah, holding prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And I hate to say it because it wasn't bad by any means. Um, yeah. It just, I don't know. It didn't ring the bell for me at all. Same. And you know what's it's interesting funny. is I, I felt like the last man standing, I, I said, kind of had that MCR feel to it. But I don't know if you... Last month, uh, My Chemical Romance had a new single, and I don't know if you listened to it or not. Nope. It's it's good. It, it's uh, like the the verses are almost spoken, and they're soft, and then it hits those big, you know, he he does his thing that he does in the choruses, but then there's a cool breakdown at the end. That's, that's the edgy and the difference that I think makes that song really cool that is totally missing in this record. Okay. It's almost like this one's just by the book. It's like a recipe for the songs, and they just stuck to it and and did it to where I think MCR right. kind of broke that. That song is called Foundations of Decay, and I don't know if it's going to be an album coming up or not, but 
it's a pretty good song. You ought to check it out. All right. Gerard took a break from writing comics. Yeah, he was dug in deep to... Uh, now, I will say I didn't love all of what he did with Doom Patrol, and I yeah. love Doom Patrol, but uh, sometimes I think being weird for the sake of being weird is not being Morrison, because there's always something right. deep under Morrison's writing that yeah. I think I felt like it was lacking a little bit. There you go. Nobody asked for it, but I gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else you want? Well, let's go ahead and give it the old uh, will you listen again and rate it. What do you think? Um, I might go three, two, five out there. Okay. Listen again. Not a ton. I, I'm not going to lie. Right. It just, I'll just listen to the rise against that I love. I mean, I'll, I'll always give them a shot, mm-hmm. but Agreed. you know, I, this one didn't do much for me. No. Uh, for me, I'm going to say a two out of five. Um, at this point in your career, I think you got to try something different. Or not, I don't want to say different because you don't want to point somebody in the direction. You want it to be organic. But yeah. it just felt like they settled into a pocket that was not good. It was too safe. And I won't, I probably won't listen to this again. I would definitely go back and listen to older. I would agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on to some of our singles. And actually, folks, you don't know this yet, but we just stumbled upon a new single today. Do we want to talk about that one first? Uh, we can, yeah. I I, um, so. <laughs> I heard, I just heard like the announcement of the this album the other day. I did mm-hmm. not realize there was a single out apparently yep. like three days ago. Yep. Um, and I just happened to see that it was. So I, you know. I said, hey, hey, Foggy, you want to call an audible? We can throw this in there, too. So we did. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has a new single out. So uh, I'm assuming this was all recorded long ago because he just had surgery. So Um, it's called Patient Number 9, and it features uh, the legendary Jeff Beck. Yes. Um, So... Yeah, I don't. Uh, what What was your uh, first impression of this? My first impression was what we went on his farewell tour. What is he doing making new music? <laughs> well, he may not tour, but oh, he's he going to tour again. Will. <laughs> yeah, if um, he can stand on the stage, he would probably tour. He was awesome last time. He was running, and yeah, it yeah, was, it was shocking. great. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, and to be honest with you, you sent that to me late. And I still managed to listen to it four or five times. Yeah. I really like this song. Um, Man, he is, his voice, okay, I don't know if you noticed, but in verse number one, his voice was really high. Did you you notice that? It was like a little different than normal. And then he settled in to his Aussie-ness after that. Mm -hmm. Super catchy. And... Jeff Beck, man, the guitar is definitely the highlight on this song. Yeah, um, I think uh, I would assume that Beck is just doing the solos. I'm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't think he's doing the the regular, you know, rhythm guitar. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, this definitely sounds like the same uh, writing producing team that mm-hmm. we got on the last album. Uh, which was fine. I mean that we enjoyed that album. Um, uh, one thing I did notice was the uh, the bass was huge and it was way out front. So I was like, wow, that's uh, that that's kind of a different direction. I feel like, but uh, yeah, I really and the solos. You know, I mean it's Jeff Beck. Like, you can't. What are you going to say about Jeff Beck? Heck. Yeah, right. (laughs) But, man, when he's later in the song, probably three quarters in, he's got a crazy guitar solo, and underneath it Mm -hmm. is this huge, deep groove that's going on that is so cool. Um, Because usually it's just like the guitar solo just takes center stage, and you're just, oh no, this one, it was layered. And I really thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I think 
the songs like it's weird because it's kind of a, a a weird interesting mix of like modern but classic sound mm-hmm. i thought there was definitely like, a classic feel yeah you can hear both it's almost like kind of a more sounds like more modern ozzy maybe through the verses and then the chorus or something chorus bridge somewhere in there i'm like this is like 80s ozzy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's pretty cool it's a good song i i like it a lot makes you super stoked for the album like if there's if this song is you know it was long it was a seven minute song um Mm -hmm. and it had really cool elements if he did that for this what is the rest of the album going to be like yeah i think we should do it on the show did you watch a video the todd mcfarlane one Farland. yeah Is todd mcfarland had yeah he did a lot of the anime the animation for the video okay the one that has the guy in the He's prosthetics like and bouncing all. off the walls and stuff and it's all animated or whatever check that out it's yeah it was todd mcfarland i watched the video and there's an audio there's like official audio so huh i didn't I would play I it right now but we'd get todd. kicked off yeah right. So <laughs> I'll, have to ch- I'll have to check it out again because I didn't realize that was the Todd. Mm-hmm. The Todd. Yep. Cool. Anyway, I'm going to give it two thumbs up. I really dug it. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm interested to hear more for sure. Oh yeah. Next song was from Greg Pucciato, which was "Never Wanted That." And um, you go ahead and talk a little bit about that. Because you, you um, are more familiar with his previous work. Yeah, well, he uh, used to be the singer in Dillinger Escape Plan, which I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of theirs. Um, I, I don't dislike them, but it's just one of those bands that I've never really gone deep on. Um, I, I like him much better in Kill or Be Killed, which is, we, I think we reviewed their second album mm-hmm. on the show. Um, and they're just like kind of a metal super group. You got uh, Pusciato, you got uh, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, Max Cavalera, and they're kind of they've had a couple different drummers, but uh, but they're amazing. And and they have like three guys that sing and <clears throat> excuse me in three very different styles. So that's really cool. But uh, so I was really excited to hear. Uh, this song and, and he's done uh, uh, solo work he's done, but I think he's been putting stuff out pretty steady since he left Dillinger. But, um, and it's kind of all over the place. Like some of it's heavy, some of it's not mm-hmm. super heavy. And like this one, I don't feel is like super heavy. And he definitely does not highlight his vocal range on this song. He kind of finds this little pocket and kind of stays there. At the end, you get a little bit of like an affected vocal, which sounds cool. But he's like, I mean, he's a good singer. He's a great screamer. And you really don't get any of the screaming here in this song. No. No, he just released another one uh, that's going to be on this record coming up. And it's a little heavier. Yeah. Um, This one was real mellow. I mean, it was just very even throughout. It was good. I liked yeah. it a lot. His voice is super smooth. Yeah. Um, and it was an interesting song. There were some times where he starts to take off a little bit where he is a little elevated in his singing. And I really mm-hmm. felt like there was an Alice in Chains kind of tone to the song. Um, okay. And then, I, then I, I was like, gosh, that just really sounds familiar. And then I noticed that he had sung with, uh, oh gosh, Cantrell. He went up on stage yes. with him one time, like, oh, yes. so there's a connection. So maybe there is some kind of a unintentional connection to them. But um, what a cool song. I really dug this song. I like it, too. I like It's got this kind of uh, ethereal sounding guitar part, like this kind of a little bit of a sinister groove. Like it's not super fast, kind of, you know, slowed down and uh, just kind of wicked sounding and the lyrics i mean it's all about you know troubled relationships and you know everybody knows what that's about so it's a really good song i like it a lot it almost had like an industrial light feel to it Um, yeah maybe a little uh, yeah post-punk industrial kind of vibe 
Yeah, and the one that was just released that I and actually I wasn't even paying attention. I just hit it and started listening. I'm like, Wait, this isn't the song I listened to last week. It's much heavier, still mm-hmm. really good. So I feel like yeah. this record is probably going to offer quite a bit, and that comes yeah. out July first. So, um, in three or four days, you want to check out Greg Pucciato, and I think you're going to be uh, pleasantly surprised at what you get. Yeah, good stuff. No, absolutely. Um, did you have a chance to listen to Paolo Nutini? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you think of this one? Uh, so I am not familiar with this artist. Um, and when I first started playing it, like, the first time through, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then, you know, the more I listen, the more I like it, for sure. Um really dig like the raspiness in his voice it sounds really great um and uh i i like the idea that he puts forth in the lyrics with the like cutting through the echoes you know to you and to me Mm -hmm. you know listening through the noise and all of that very cool um parts of it got uh (laughs) I always feel funny saying that parts of it got a bit repetitive because there are mm-hmm. plenty of songs that I love that do that. I mean, right. but it, it's, <laughs> I mean, you talk about industrial, I mean, that's like loops and loops and loop, you know, over and over again. But um, yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. This was like right on that line. But I think uh, what all, Ultimately, what really saved this song for me was I found a live performance from Jules Holland. Yes. So much better than the single. I think that that live performance is so much better than the the single. Yeah. It it, it is outstanding. um, He is fantastic live. So we've been huge fans since his first album came out years ago. And I took Marianne to... Uh, the Vogue to see him okay. when he came. Gosh, I, I got to look because I, when that album came out, that was, oh my gosh, that was 2007. Wow. And so we went, and so we, she was super jacked and we were so excited to see him. So we tried to get down to the front. I, you know, at the Vogue, you've got the bar in the back and you got the stuff yes. on the sides, you know, but yep. so it was dark and she stepped down. She fractured her ankle, like the top oh of her God. foot. We didn't know it was fractured at the time. It was hurt pretty bad. We stayed. We got up close, you know, so we could see the whole thing. It was an amazing show. And then, of course, she was an old cougar groupie. And so we went out back (laughs) to wait for him to come out. And he came out and greeted everybody, which was really cool. Um, But um, he he has like this in this way. At the time, he was 19 or 20. But he has this old guy voice that is just so raspy and smoky and um he is amazing. This song, I think, is evocative of what he did back in the day with you know those original songs that I think if you like this song, you should go back and listen to those. Those are okay. better than the rest of this EP, or I guess it's going to be an entire album when it comes out. It's like five songs have been released. This is by far the best. The other ones are not indicative of what he has done before. Okay. So I, I don't know that I'm super excited about this record after listening to the other ones. Really? Um, yeah, they just don't sound. They they have more of a pop bent to them when he wow. should stay in that pocket of that. And he's a good songwriter. And yeah, and his, this one, uh, I pop is not what comes to mind when I hear this song. It's more nope, like super songwritery kind of. Yeah, I can yeah. hear like this is somebody. I can hear somebody playing this in like a coffee shop or something. You know, singer yeah. songwriter type stuff. No, and his good stuff is, um, and it's always a few of them are radio friendly. Like Ra- Last Request was, I think, probably his biggest hit back in the day. But um, I the rest of the album is not as good as this song that I've heard so far. I'm hoping that we get more of the other. So. But um, yeah, he's fantastic. I love the song. Very cool. I I yeah, I enjoyed it quite a lot. After. Is this- is this the last song of the new ones we're doing? Yeah. What? Man. Yeah. We had, I mean, originally it was just supposed to be Paulo and Pusciato. So, and we added Ozzy the last minute. 
Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to say when the albums come out, I'm listening to Ozzy's, listening to Pucciato, listening to Paolo's, and listening to My Chemical Romance. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the, like, if I was totally turned off, like, if Ozzy was just, like, cashing it in, like, yeah, I didn't feel like the, he was doing that. I wouldn't listen to yeah. the record. I wouldn't be excited about the record. I'm actually excited about what he's going to do. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the song was great, so I'm going to Interested to see if he has any more cool guests on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Beck was so good. And he's got to be 75, right? Oh, he's, he's way up there. Wow. He's one, one, getting... cool thing, one cool thing about Jeff Beck is, um, are you familiar with a band called Bones UK? Ooh, I don't know. I don't think oh, so. You should... You should check them out. I'll send you some stuff from them. It's basically, I mean, they, they're mostly a two piece. It's two women. And they, they usually, when they play live, they have a drummer too, but um, they, one of the, one of the ladies in that band plays with Jeff Beck sometimes. And man, it's she's really awesome. I've heard her like go off and wail on a few songs. Bones, I'll send okay. some of their stuff. Yeah. Awesome. They're fun. They're Fantastic. very fun. <laughs> all right. Well, that concludes the musical portion of the evening. And now we get all nerdy because it's time for Sandman yep. number 10. Yeah. I'm getting excited this, about this show, by the way. This is, yeah, this is a cool issue. I like this one a lot. God, layered layered yeah. and callbacks and there's so much depth going on neil gaiman is a master here and um it's, i think this i mean there are callbacks new characters groundwork laid for future stuff it's all like it's all over the place here yeah it doesn't really advance much like it doesn't really progress much through but it just provides so much meat to the story that it's really cool. Well, this one, this is the first part of the doll's house. So yep. it's kind of laying the groundwork for that. But it's also, this is the first time we meet two more of the endless uh, desire and despair. Um, yeah. And we have this cool room where they can connect with each other. Like, yes, um, the sigil room. Yes, which is. They so all have. Cool. So all of the endless, they have a sigil for each of their siblings, and whenever they want to talk to them, they you know, pick, uh, I don't know if they always have to pick up their sigil, but they use their sigil to call upon that sibling, and they you know, meet up or talk through the, the sigil room or whatever. Except Pretty one. Cool. Yeah. There's one missing. Yep. Which is super cool. Yeah. Um, that they include it. I mean, that's what comics do so well yeah. is that visually you see all of these things and you're like, oh, there's a blank one. And so mm -hmm. we'll find out later, of course, which endless well, that I is. Well, I mean, she, Despair, kind of, you know, she mentioned it without mentioning a name. Mm -hmm. Said something about the prodigal and Desire was like, no, I'm not, no, not him. I'm talking about Dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somebody has left them and we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, but that's so. I mean, again, it could seem like if you're not really paying attention, a throwaway line. Yeah, but clearly not a throwaway line. Yeah. So, all right. So, where do we dig in here? This is. Um, oh well, <laughs> you know what? Two pages in, or the three pages in. Um, one of the cool things that we just finished with Nada, we talked about it last time. Yes. And then that gets mentioned again. Yes. Desire. Desire. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why they included they I think that's why Neil made that issue number nine, because you get mm. that story, which is kind of a at, at that point is a callback uh to his visit to hell. So then we get the story of Nada, and then here does that we find out Desire basically set that up as yeah. a game to entertain yeah. yourself. Or not a, was a mistake. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. That probably, because not a meaning to a lot of people, nothing. Yes. So had you done this issues later, it's likely people wouldn't have made that connection. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. So um, 
after the meeting of desire and despair, then we see uh, a mother and daughter arriving to England in a in a jet. And this is oh, I can't remember the mother's name. It's uh, is it Miranda? Uh, yes, Miranda and her daughter Rose. Rose, yep. And then uh, they land, and they're met by uh, a solicitor. And he takes them to his client, which, uh, you know, they're in the, they're in the car and as she's Miranda speaking to the solicitor and she's like, Oh, is he rich? And the solicitor says, she is very rich. Oh, uh." so, you know, you're kind of wondering who it is. And all this time as well, we find out Rose, she sleeps a lot Mm -hmm. and dreams a lot. And her mother does not care about her dreams. So then she shows her falling asleep in the car on the way to meet whoever they're going to meet. And this is really cool. I love what they do here, how they have her, the panel with her in the back seat. And then it starts shifting around the page. And then for a few more pages while we're in the dreaming, it's, you know, like letterbox style. Yeah. I don't know if I can get this in front of there or not. This is the big boy. Uh, I got my omnibus here, so. Yeah. But you can see where she's sleeping, and then it rotates around. around. Yeah, Yeah, when a book normally would be like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was so cool. that he And it lasted for... Several pages. Yeah, and then, of course, during those pages, we get some really cool stuff with Dream, and Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, it's basically Lucian the librarian mm-hmm. is taking census of everyone and everything in the in the dream realm and then reporting back to Morpheus and he tells the, tells him who is missing from the census that's the four, four of the major arcana which was yes. Brute and Glob, and this is, I think, this is also the first appearance here of the Corinthian. Yes. And we really only see him in this one panel, because later, I mean, he's in it later, but you don't really see him. No. You see his hands, I think he takes off his glasses. Yes. You see his hand grabbing a bottle. Like, yeah, you you see what, from his perspective, you see it, but you don't see him. Yes. So you got Brute and Glob, yeah. So you got Bruton Glob, you got the Corinthian, and the Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green. What a great name is that? Fiddler's yeah. Green. But they're all missing for some reason, one reason yeah. or another. There was a word that they had uh, that indicated how dangerous or important they were, and I can't remember what the word is. It started with a P. It was just like, it just kind of caught me when I was reading that. Um We'll have to find it in a little bit. Yeah. But, um, I don't know what you're referring to there. I will find it, mister. But anyway, I yeah, so you... then we, after we oh, go through yeah. all of that, <laughs> can you hear him? Party time. Oh, God. I mean, somebody's here or, yeah. <laughs> or a squirrel might be outside. How dare they? And one goes, then the other goes. <laughs> yeah, Bruno's <laughs> total follower. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and then they talk about the vortex. That was the next part, right? Um, so he reports back that all these are gone. Um, was it a vortex or was it a nexus? There are rumors of a vortex, my lord. Perhaps okay. you might wish yeah. to investigate. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A true amulet. I, amulet. Amulet. Yeah, that's that, my amulet. And I'm that stuck on word, word was yeah. That word was Rose. Like when she woke up from her dream, because she's. I thought that was a great device too, where uh, dream was like, of course I know about the vortex. She's mm-hmm. here, and mm-hmm. she's right over there in the corner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then she's like, oh my god, they're talking to me. They're yeah. looking at me. <laughs> And then she wakes up. So that in was a broom cool. closet, <laughs> yeah. an empty broom closet. Yeah. No, no, that was not. No, she woke up. That's later. 
the broom closet with the the three witches. Oh yeah, those. Oh yeah, that was a callback too. Oh, it was four puissant creatures. P i s s a n t. That was the word I was like, oh, that's a cool word. Got stuck <laughs> on that earlier. But yeah, so then I thought it was cool. So she wakes up when they arrive to their destination and she she says what's an amulet and the guy yeah and the solicitor says it's a a, an old word for a kind of ring he was like that's unusual that you'd want to know that Mm -hmm. where did you hear that word girly yeah Yeah. (laughs) dude call me girly (laughs) i like i was right he was a total bozo Um, yeah, and then now this gets back to like almost full circle to the beginning. Yep. Um, because we finally reach who they came to see, which is a throwback to Miss um, Kincaid, Unity, back from, was that issue, was that one hey. or two? Oh, can you hear me? Which... I can't hear you at all. Check your Yeah, mic. I got you now. You're back now. Are you there? <laughs> I can't hear anything. Let me check my audio. Still there. Are you there? I can't hear you at all. Uh oh. Oh, my audio is working. Okay, just keep talking like you can hear me. Hmm. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me now? I can still see you. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? I I got nothing on my end. <laughs> oh, keep talking. <laughs> um, anywho. Well... So you still have nothing? I don't know. Okay, I guess. So I guess I'm winging this on my own here because I can't hear anything that Foggy's trying to say. So they basically, they reach their destination. The solicitor takes them into this nursing home and they meet Unity Kincaid, which was a callback to the very first issue. She was the one that, as a young woman, fell asleep and stayed asleep. She was basically in a coma for <laughs> okay she was basically in a coma you know the whole time that dream was captured was in uh yeah custody whatever uh and that was she was uh raped while she was in a coma and had a baby so here we find out that Miranda is that baby so and unity says she's almost 90 so she wanted to connect with her daughter and her granddaughter so that's kind of interesting that rose is this nexus of the dreaming and she is unity kincaid's daughter so there's obviously some kind of connection with all of that that i imagine you know we'll hit on later um so then uh as She's telling Miranda she's her mother. She starts freaking out and they make Rose leave. So Rose starts going to wander around and she runs into our old friends, the three witches, um, which have so many names. Um, but um, the this one, 
Which is, where's the one, the, the kindly ones? So that is a name to remember. Make note of that. That will be important later. And uh, so, um, yeah, they're basically, they're, they kind of start trying to tell her something, but then it gets all confused and weird, and she doesn't understand what they're trying to say. And then she kind of like comes out of that, like it was some weird supernatural thing. She comes out of it. She's in a broom closet. She's like, doesn't even know if it was real. So then they kind of reunite. So then like they, they get through the explanation of unity being her mother, her grandmother, and they, you know, have reconciled and, um, she kind of tells us like the baby, her family arranged for the baby to be adopted. Uh, and as soon as she recovered, she basically forced the attorney to the family attorney to tell her about the baby because they try to deny it. And this was a cool little thing. Like it keeps showing this dollhouse as she's talking and we get a couple of panels where she's just speaking and it looks like, I mean, I wasn't sure who it was at first, but then they kind of do a closer look and it looks to be dream. It looks like he's in the dollhouse just listening to the story. So not really sure what that's about. And then unity actually gives her, gives Rose a ring and she says, Oh, the amulet. is this the amulet?" So, you know, that came up. So now she's actually getting a ring. And then she says, What's the Corinthian? So then we get this really terrifying little thing of the scene of the Corinthian, and you're basically seeing everything from his perspective. Like it's kind of dark, uh, like purples and grays and stuff. And uh, some guy brought him some wine, and this you find out it's kind of a hotel, and he like basically apparently tried to solicit. Uh, some uh, favors from this boy and uh, a young hustler, if you will. And uh, he has him tied up in the bathroom and he was like, you know, he's scared for his life. And then you kind of see like you are looking out from the Corinthians eyes and you see him take the glasses off. And then the kid starts freaking out because of course the Corinthian has teeth in his eye holes so it's real freaky visual and then that's the end it, it doesn't show him doing anything he, he's got a knife and he says it's playtime and it, that's the end of the issue yep uh i'm just going to add a couple of points um you nailed it so when you said that you thought that was dream in the window there is the top left corner shows a close-up of the just half of dream's face and you can see it's definitely him in the window and then the other cool thing was when rose meets the three witches she screws up her questions because she's according to this allowed a few questions but she blows it by saying do i know you and then she says what about jed and then she says, protect me from what? And then the later, one of the witches said, had you asked the right questions, I could have warned you against the Corinthian, told you of Jed and of Morpheus. But she blew them because she was just scared and startled and asked three silly questions, which I thought was kind of a cool thing, too. Can you hear me? <laughs> we are still no audio. This is fantastic, everybody. This is how it works. All right. Well, anyway, um, so that was the end of the issue. And we end and it says next is moving in. And so that will be issue number 11. And the Corinthian, as he said, has this has Davy um, at his knife's point. He's taken off his glasses and that's where this one ends. And so we move to the next issue, issue 11, next time we reconvene. So I hope you will join us. Um, you're missing Metalhead Monday there, but um, if you want to find him, you can find him at Metalhead Monday on Instagram. 
And you can find me, Foggy's Pal, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. And you can find album, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. We're about to start our big brother extravaganza that we do every year. It starts in two weeks, so make sure you go to wanderingsandwoolgathering.com for that. Me and Ray are all over it. We'll have all your big brother news, so I hope you'll join us there. And um, see you probably not next week. I'm on vacation, but we're going to be back on July 10th with a very special show. We'll tell you about it in the meantime. Until then, bye now. Bye now.